0: Same China, China different, different stories. stories. We are the we ones found our way, way life in a new life. Adopted, babies, adopted babies from China. Hello, welcome to ABC. This is Tara, and it's another episode. I'm speaking with Hannah, who is based on the west coast of the United States. So that is a three-hour time difference between Hannah and myself for, but where exactly are you again on the West Coast? I'm in Eugene, Oregon. Okay. Right now. is that That's where you went for, that's where your university is, right?
1: Yeah, um, I went there for grad school and I just graduated
0: in December. Oh, you just graduated, so you're done. Mm-hmm. Did you, Yeah. did you grow up on the West Coast too, or did you grow up somewhere else in the...
1: No, I grew up in hopkins um minnesota which is about 20
0: minutes away from minneapolis okay is that considered midwest or is that east coast i forget
1: (laughs) it's it's definitely midwest
0: yeah yeah (laughs) gotcha okay so you went to you grew up in the midwest and then you went to oregon for school you just graduated are you are you planning to stay there do you think you'll like leave
1: well, I think I'm planning to stay here until at least April.
0: Yeah, I, I grew
1: up in Minnesota and then I went to undergrad in Massachusetts actually. Oh. And then I um I was working in Arizona for a while and then I moved to Oregon for grad school, so I, I kind of <laughs> did a triangle. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah. did you have a favorite place that you liked living in so far? Or I guess aspects of each that you enjoyed more than others? I really loved Arizona. Actually, um, I worked for Saguaro
1: National Park and Grand Canyon. Uh, I really love the snow in Minnesota, but and I, I thought, <laughs> I thought it would melt Arizona, but it was, it was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a I really enjoyed bird watching and the the birds. They were just amazing birds and plant life I had never seen before. Oh. So I. Um, yeah arizona definitely is a special place oh yeah in my heart. i there's a lot of water there too yeah a lot of water Err. Or... yeah oh. i mean
0: um more than i thought there'd be yeah. like, there's the
1: and
0: waterfalls and yeah okay. <laughs> it's really beautiful yeah i was just thinking yeah when i think of arizona i mostly think of like desert not really <laughs> yeah yeah um there's a lot of mountains too wow yeah, so
1: you can actually get, um, like, aspen trees, and um, it, it kind of feels like you're up north, because some mountains you can get to 8,000 or 9,000 um, elevation, so, Whoa. yeah. Okay.
0: Oh. Miss it. And then, yeah. is your studies related to the work you were doing in Arizona, or, no, your studies, I think, was, I feel like it was adoption-focused, because I think we started messaging, when you said there was, like, an archives project you were doing is that right my am I, my am I remembering this correctly yeah okay. that's correct yes. um it's
1: um no it's not exactly related to the work i was doing in arizona so i was a i worked as a soundscape technician i'm monitoring overflights and um, some wildlife and then in grad school my terminal project was Um, creating a digital special collection on transracial adoptee literature and artwork on the environment Um, just yeah listening um, and reading about how adoptees feel about climate change environmental justice issues um, and just how they interact in the spaces they call home oh wow okay that's
0: That's very interesting to pair the two together like our, our transracial adoption and then also environment as well. Oh, okay. Cuz you were doing a graduate degree, like a masters or yeah, a masters? Yeah, a masters in environmental studies. Environmental studies. Um, yeah. Well, I guess let's backtrack cuz I <laughs> we just started talking <laughs> yeah. about like where you're located. I'm always curious. Tell me more about your adoption and what you'd like to share.
1: Um, yeah, I was adopted from Wishui, China, when I was, um, I think, a little less than a month old. Um, my adopted mother couldn't have biological children, so my parents decided to adopt from China. Um, I was apparently, I think, found in front of the orphanage, um, but it's, the orphanage I right hear isn't there anymore. Mm. Um,
0: and yeah. <laughs> that's all I know, not that much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is it? But I. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, is it just you? Do you have any siblings too, or just you?
1: Yeah, I have a sister, uh, adopted sister, mm. also from China, from a different province, um, that is four years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So I actually went with my parents to
0: um to to see her in china and bring her back to the united states right yeah oh so the first time you went back to china is when you were about four years old then or yeah 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 four four yeah yeah that's like four. Um, yeah. That's, that's pretty cool i feel like maybe some memories could be formed then i don't know i mean i i came to the u.s when i was four and i don't really have any memories so I don't know if you do, but memory's an interesting thing too. I remember um, being on the bus in the middle of the city with
1: um, my mom, and we were separated because it was so crowded, and all these older women <laughs> were like pinching my cheeks and saying things to me, um, and I, I couldn't understand them, but um, they they were really nice.
0: Aww. And I, re- I remember the the um, I ate some really good eggplant there too. Ooh. Okay. Um, yeah is eggplant something you still enjoy today or has that shifted
1: yeah um <laughs> it just made some eggplant actually it was really good satated in butter and made a sauce and yeah i shared it with some of my roommates
0: nice yeah mm. that's that's funny i think i think eggplant is one of those vegetables that people really don't enjoy just because of the texture but i guess if you cook it and prepare it well it's still pretty good and then i don't know i think our Appetite or palates change as we grow up, so I don't know who knows. But you were very young having eggplants, so I was like, Oh, who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's like a little, I think, mean, eggplants
1: a little sponge, it like absorbs whatever you put in it. Yeah, um, it's full of flavors. so <laughs> I lost my fan of eggplant. Yeah,
0: yeah, I I remember cooking eggplant, I don't know why we're, we're just gonna talk about eggplant now. <laughs> I remember cooking eggplant and <laughs> it's like I had to dry it out like take out some of the moisture just so that it could bake or something because I think I tried to bake it without taking the moisture out and it didn't turn out very yummy but yeah
1: yeah yeah you gotta you gotta dry it out to get it soft yeah, which
0: was, like, think, what yeah. Is. it seems yeah. like a lot of work for what you get but it's good Mm, yeah (laughs) I think it's worth it yeah Yeah. then you obviously went to China you came back you have your sister you grow up a little bit with your sister Uh, I guess four years is also like you would be graduating high school when your sister's like entering high school so because four years is actually like not too big of a gap but I think it's big enough that there's like a difference in almost like I don't know personality or possible dynamic changes because i hear of like siblings who are like closer together in years that they like fight more so i don't know if that's true of you guys but
1: um
0: yeah we we fought fought all the time (laughs) when i was growing up Uh, um yeah we're on good terms now but that's um, good yeah (laughs) where's your sister geographically also in the u.s
1: yeah she's in minnesota oh okay Um, yeah 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 Hopkins right now she um she just graduated actually from undergrad at St. Olaf
0: um and yeah 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 so I guess Um, now that we have your background but I was because I was curious to ask how you decided to study more about like transracial adoption and then in connection with the environment because I I gather and sense that you have like a strong connection to the environment but what brought you more to like the transracial adoptee aspect and like connecting that to the environment
1: yeah um so there's this there's this the first anthology written by um and edited by korean adoptees is called seeds from a silent tree i'm not sure if you've heard about it um, but it's a collection of korean adoptees talking about um talking about their adoption through memoirs or poetry or letters to their parents um and in it, a lot of them make um connections to the environment and I had just it was the first piece of adoption literature I had ever read before and I thought I thought it was just really interesting and then
0: mm-hmm.
1: around the mid-2000s I started seeing a lot of Mainstream environmental news organizations talking about adoption and climate change together. Oh. Um, talking about how parents were having all of this anxiety about having biological children and raising them in um, like increasingly toxic spaces, uncertain with uncertain access to clean air and water yeah. and food, um, and so they were turning to adoption um, as an answer to raise a family without having biological children i thought that was really interesting because you always i you always in those articles i always saw it from the perspective of adopting parents but never from the adoptees about
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: you know what what they thought about climate change and how what adopt how adoption plays a role in that and so that's really how i got started in my own research on climate change and adoption um yeah, and it's also really interesting yeah. because there's not um, any scholarly literature really on right. bringing those two together. Um, and so that's what I am trying to do with the, the digital archive too, because a lot of Adavi art actually incorporates um, environmental elements
0: too. Yeah, yeah, I never really yeah. thought about that. But the is this a piece of literature you said, is it SEAT, like S-E-A-T, or SEED, like S-E-E-D? Uh, SEED,
1: S-E-E-D,
0: um, SEED's... From a silent tree seeds from a silent tree I see and did you read this prior to going to university years or it was like while you were there you're just like oh wow this is really fascinating
1: prior, prior- uh, I was working as a soundscape technician for Grand Canyon at the time oh. and um, <laughs> yeah it's pretty it's pretty remote um, I did a lot of reading and cooking and that's when I stumbled on it. Oh yeah.
0: yeah. Well, also, soundscape technician sounds very technical, but also, I don't know, like so much more involved with that too. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of um,
1: repairing equipment. <laughs> the Repairing uh, equipment.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Wow, that's that's really cool. I'll have to look that up. I'm sure there's a lot of Korean adoptees that I know who have probably heard of this and are familiar with it. In addition to reading like seeds from a tree prior to that were you really interested in your adoption much or was it I guess like as we get a little bit older we're like more I mean I think obviously I don't know I want to say obviously but like as kids we're pretty aware it's like oh yeah I'm not my mom's kid but I always I'm always curious to know like when as adoptees we start to like really become more aware and want to learn more about it was that something that Progress for you naturally when you were younger or was there like an event that kind of was like oh I really want to read more about adoption and especially transracial. I didn't start actively um, reading or
1: reaching out to people in the adopted community until I was um, until after college honestly. When I was younger my um, parents um, uh, enrolled me in these Programs with other Asian American adoptees. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think it was just kind of a space to talk about adoption and family. Um, and then um, I, I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood and school district. And um, so I was also one of the only Asian students um, in my elementary school. And I, I think I mainly just kind of wanted to fit in. Um, when people saw me with my parents, they immediately assumed I would assumed correctly I was adopted. And so mm-hmm. um, I feel like, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've been talking to like some other adoptees um, yeah. and I just, yeah, I, I thought I was kind of really, I was really embarrassed about it. Um, mm-hmm. About like not fitting in, And I think that's one of the reasons why I didn't start looking until later. And, life um but yeah um yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty new I'm pretty I, I feel I feel I still feel pretty new yeah
0: yeah I mean so, yeah I, I was I was similar it's like after college is when I was like starting to become more interested and then I think the pandemic when there was like a lot of time to think <laughs> I really started to mm-hmm. become more interested but, yeah wow yeah it's such a bummer that as kids we sometimes feel like shame or embarrassment for like not fitting in and I think there's just so much conversation that reflects um especially like Asian American community about like you don't need to just be yourself and you are who you are I don't know I've just been reading a lot of like inspirational stuff recently yeah it's it's hard I
1: um I wish I had been more active in um the asian american student organizations in my undergrad mm. um, but i was always afraid that i wasn't asian enough mm. <laughs> since i didn't speak um you know mandarin or cantonese yeah um i think i think looking back i wish that i had
0: but i also understand um why i didn't yeah most. yeah' oh, you're just speaking from my i feel the same way i was like darn i should have been more involved with the community. And the organizations, uh, because I I went to a university in the Midwest, for sure. Ohio. (laughs) It's like, that's Midwest as well, where it was just like, uh, everybody was indeed, it was like predominantly white. And then... The population, or the people who were like minorities or like Asians, they were mostly international students, and they all sort of like stuck together. Or knowing about other Asian Americans was like not too common, even in like a university setting. I went to a school that was relatively smaller, smaller. I mean, it wasn't like Ohio State, which I think is really big. Um, but yeah, I was like, hmm, this is really interesting. Hmm. Do you miss Ohio? Not particularly. <laughs> I I would say it's very beautiful in places. The the campus I was on was really really pretty. I think that I miss a little bit and then um uh, but otherwise I don't think I really miss Ohio. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um yeah, I don't know. Do you miss do you miss Minnesota or do you like being in Oregon too?
1: I definitely miss Minnesota. Mm. Um
0: I go back. Um I visit pretty regularly. Yeah.
1: But, um <laughs> yeah, I, I, I miss the lakes. Oh yeah. Um, I miss them a lot and I, I actually um was there for the Minnesota State Fair. Mm-hmm. Um I think I think Minnesota and Ohio have a state fair rivalry. Um <laughs> <laughs> I think the Minnesota State Fair is the better one. Um, in my opinion. <laughs> but
0: yeah, I, I definitely I definitely miss miss it a lot. I think something I'm learning as is- I'm getting older too and maybe we're about this around the same age but it's just like oh every state has like the very urban areas I mean this is probably something we all already do but I'm just realizing it now it's like there's actually like every state has like rural more farm type areas and then like of course like a city center Um, but sometimes the cities are different I also just came back from visiting my friend who lives like uh, at state college campus town happy valley just in happy valley and it was like the center of the campuses seems much more like diverse and liberal in a way but then like as you go out further i mean pennsylvania is a pretty big state too uh you have like more rural type culture so i was like oh everywhere has this no matter where you are just some places i guess you pay more tax or less so i was like oh it was like a random thought rant that i just had
1: <laughs> no it's um yeah i've i lived a lot of places um in the past five years and i um it, it can be difficult to find like that balance between city and then also access to yeah um like hiking trails or mountains mm-hmm. um, too which is important to me yeah. as well and um, oregon does and
0: um the desert arizona
1: <laughs> does and
0: yeah yeah wow. Well, mm-hmm. And then would you be able to share more about that archiving project that you were working on or currently working on? I don't know if you're currently working on it too.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> so i um, I didn't use um, let me see how to explain it. so it's a it's basically a digital special collection where um, transracial adoptees. Um, can submit literature, artwork on how they feel about the environment. So um, I have a list of guiding questions on the website, like such as what is your environmental identity? Um, how do you like interact with the environment? How would you define it? Um, what are your thoughts on climate change, etc.? cetera? Um, and then for, so that's the, the content. And then when you look at the site, Um, you'll be able to browse through other adoptees um, literature and artwork, kind of like if you went to um, like a national historical society website, you can usually browse their catalog Mm -hmm. um, and you'll see each item has a little reference um, sheet. And so um, the people who adoptees who submit can write a short um, description about their work, give a brief bio um, and then name themes or keywords that they really want to point out about their work. Um, but it's a really open-ended prompt. I developed the, my terminal project was developing the, um, the archive from scratch. So instead of using like a WordPress website or a template, I actually, um, I built it and developed the site so I had more agency. And so other adoptees in the future would have more agency over their work. And their collection without being reliant on proprietary software like a wordpress site right and so yeah i finished developing i finished developing it which was a process i had to learn how um, i had to learn how to learn html and css and um, yeah. things i had no background before um and yeah the call for submissions um is going to be open ideally either towards the end of January or early February, and we'll run till um, probably June. <laughs> if you know anyone yeah. who's interested in um, writing or has artwork,
0: yeah, uh, yeah let me know. Cool. Um, yeah. Okay, because you said there's prompts, too, so I guess sharing those prompts and then people responding and then submitting will be pretty helpful to, mm-hmm. I mean, to build the archive, of course. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, I can share you with you, the website link. But yeah. um, I'm really excited about the project. Um, that is cool. Yeah.
0: Wow. And then, because I guess you're not sure exactly what your next steps are. Because you said maybe stay till April. So that's, oh my gosh, five months now, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking about moving back to Minnesota, um, but I didn't want to drive through the, the Rockies in the middle of winter Aww. so yeah, I'll be staying in Eugene for a little bit yeah um, and my my cat um really likes the house we're in oh um, yeah
0: so <laughs> I have
1: to prioritize her oh name. yes so,
0: yeah <laughs> is this a cat that came with you from Minnesota initially or did you I, I guess have the cat adopt a cat in Oregon no, um, I I got her
1: in Oregon, um, actually mm. she, about um, a year ago, um, and yeah, her name is Tuna. Um, <laughs> Cute. <laughs> she's very fluffy. She's friends with the other cat in the house.
0: Oh, um, okay. So you you have a right. roommate who has like a cat too?
1: Um, or- yes. I I actually live in a co op right now, mm. um, with about. Um, I don't know exactly how many of us are there now, maybe sixteen in total. It's a large house. Gotcha. Um yeah, we used to have five cats total. Whoa. Um, here. Right now there are three, including Tuna, but she's she's better friends with one, one of the cats. cats <laughs>
0: yeah. Funny. Our cats have personalities too. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah I, um one of the cats has a has a little bell on her collar. Um, and so in the middle of the night, I'll, I'll hear them like running up and oh, down the wow. hall. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, yeah. 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 Um, the zoomies, yeah. they come at all, all different hours, especially ones that you would prefer they didn't come.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. That's one of the, one of the jobs I do is pet care. So it's like watching people's pets overnight and then just during the day too. But I definitely have watched some houses with like two cats and two dogs it's a whole different dynamic than just like by itself mm. just the cat
1: yeah cat, cat introductions are a process yeah i believe <laughs> it
0: i believe it yeah The i mean the over the holidays i was at a house that had they have like one big dog and two cats and i guess it's like they get along relatively uh, the dog just wants to like play but he doesn't really like chase which is good and the two cats will like play with each other so you could hear them running around. But the neighbor has a dog too. And the neighbor's dog was staying with the cat, the two cats and the do- big dog. Um, yeah, that was a whole different thing than just like the one big dog and the two cats. Then you had like the other dog that was chasing the two cats, managed to like chase after them. And I was like, man, this this was work. I don't- if anybody says it's not work, pets are work. <laughs> By themselves but especially with other pets
1: <laughs>
0: do you have any pets i do not no 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 i think after watching other people's pets it's like I'm, I'm good to go back home where i don't have to worry about like feeding cleaning litter boxes or taking dogs out of walks yeah i think because i like made it kind of like a job that's like i'm, I'm okay without the responsibility <laughs> <laughs> yeah i um
1: my dream is to have Five cats. Ooh, I definitely can't afford it now, but later on, I have like a list
0: of <laughs> cat names. Cat names. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't if you yeah. like particular cat. Is it breeds or cat? Uh, yeah, breeds too in mind, but
1: I maybe mean, just have a list of names. Oh
0: my gosh, <laughs> what are these I names? Like
1: I have I have many, but now I'm, I'm now that I'm on the spot, I'm blanking. You're like, what are my top um, five? <laughs> <laughs> um i've heard of cats named kimchi before um i really like that name and maybe they're just like fish names like <laughs> yeah like a calamari theme. and swordfish yes <laughs> um sriracha um yeah
0: i love it yeah that's kind of kimchi. funny
1: yeah i'm sorry i i'm like i was like blanking on the names but it's, <laughs> it's okay what <either>. <laughs> like, no are the names, names.
0: Um, yeah yeah it's it's always funny with cats with like very human like names and then the funny ones too you're like oh i met a dog that's like a pomeranian named palm i was like that's pretty straightforward (laughs) (laughs) just palm like okay (laughs) (laughs) well it's really cool to hear about your project so it'd be like another two weeks before you before the starting of accepting submissions again which is, like, February. So, Mm. yeah. Oh. Good timing. exciting. Yeah. It's, like, one of those uh, podcasts where it's, like, you have something you can talk about that's, like, coming out. Because I think a lot of, like, celebrity ones or podcasts that interview celebrities, it's usually, like, right around the time that they have, like, a movie or some big performance of some sort or some big art exhibit that's coming up. It's, like, and it's perfectly timed. I'm really (laughs) proud of that. So oh yeah thank you for having me on yeah. yeah i you should submit something too i should i i <laughs> yeah. can record i can sit down and record my thoughts about it and that would be that would count i mean that's it's a, mm-hmm. it's a form of art my audio voice um yeah i yeah I was like i'm so excited i'll do it i'll do it yeah because i never really <laughs> thought about it too much related to like environment nature like how it relates to adoption i guess that does kind of make me think about like nature versus nurture the environment you grow up in i mean we're like talking about like a rural environment versus like an urban how that really does actually influence like your Hmm. experience and then as an adoptee so it's like whoa okay really is something that i think we do think about in the back of our mind just not so consciously uh, as as i am currently
1: (laughs) yeah that's that's really interesting um because i definitely i think when most people think about the word nature they think about I don't know, like Yosemite or Yellowstone, or yeah. like these vast tracts of um, so-called wilderness. Um, but the urban environment is also part of the spaces where we live, work, and play too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think I've also struggled to um, find adoptee communities too, mm. um, like physically in person, um, as well as you know getting them. In- connected with um yeah. Asian American communities um and activist groups too and so yeah I also think a lot about like urban and rural yeah. spaces um and also like just seeing um people who look like me hiking and yeah. canoeing or like just walking or bird watching I think is really important too so yeah. you definitely <laughs> don't need to identify as like an enviro- environmentalist
0: right um yeah yeah, because to to contribute. Yeah. Do you ever go to California at all? I guess specifically like Bay Area definitely has a lot of Chinese people, but I don't know if you've been to California at all.
1: Um. Yeah, I visited. A, I had a friend from undergrad who lives in the Bay Area, and I visited her and her family um, during the holidays. About I think it was maybe three years ago. Um. But I've I've never lived there. Um, Mm -hmm. And they they actually were really kind, and they invited me to their family dinner at this Chinese restaurant. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was that was really that was actually really emotional for me um, because it was the first time I'd been at like where I felt like I was at a family dinner with other Chinese people who looked like me, and they were really well and they welcomed me in. Mm -hmm. Um, Normally. I associate family dinners with, um, you know, my sister and I being the only Asian people there. And then
0: yeah. the
1: rest of the family is white. And so that was really, um, that was a really special experience for me um, to not to not be part of their family, but to also not feel like an outsider.
0: Yeah. yeah. There's like a familiarity, like, oh, I don't have to explain like why I'm the only one who is, Not like the others, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know that feeling too. I think a lot of us adopt these (laughs) too. I think we all do. I will probably insert a break here.
1: i haven't i i would like to visit again i feel like um i was actually (laughs) i was talking to my other um adoptee friend she we were we were talking about how we kind of felt like we needed to i don't know like learn mandarin or um yeah you know another dialect that was spoken in whatever region we would want to visit in china um and i felt like i just i just had this for a long time i felt like i had this idea that i needed to Prepare in some way. Um, and then, mm, yeah, yeah. But I think we were just saying, you know, <laughs> we should just go. <laughs> um, like, I think um, part of me is afraid to be seen as, you know, an outsider. Um, but I think that would happen even if I was fluent um, yeah. in the local language, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of hard to think about. Um, but I would really like to go
0: back, too. Um, especially the city where I was adopted from right yeah yeah I think it's definitely a combination of like a fear but also curiosity and I mean it's, it's a four because I think even like locally we might still have that feeling of like uh people like you're in that community but they also like recognize that you're not really like you weren't really raised like in Chinese culture or something so it's like I guess going to China, just be the same thing, just, you know, bigger scale. (laughs) Um, Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. Do you plan on going soon? Uh, I'd like to go again in the future uh, because I have been back. I went back because similar to you, I I didn't really start to explore, like, speak with other adoptees until after I graduated my undergrad of course like starting the podcast too was like a way to also connect and selfishly just is like cathartic for me to figure out like how does adoption work in life um, but I went back to where the city I was adopted from and the orphanage speaking of environment though it was like the city that I'm from tech well I don't know if I'm born there right but the city I'm from is a very urban and I'm sure it's been through a lot of like, I guess, is there gentrification in China? I, I think so. I hope, I don't know if that's true, but let's call it gentrification in China where it's like very modern and they've really developed the area to make it more friendly and eh, not necessarily friendly, but you know, i just like, I can't, I'm thinking of it in terms of like U S understanding, uh, but like very clean in a way. But then you go to the orphanage that I kept, that I came from and it's like super, super rural You know, I drive through some mountains and countryside roads. And I was like, "Hmm, I wonder if this is like every orphanage in this in China. Um, So I am curious, like if I go back and oh, and they renovated the place that I was adopted from. So a part of me when I had gone back was hoping visiting the orphanage. It's like, oh, maybe you'll have some memories because it should still be the same place. Like it's still the same location, but they renovated the orphanage. um, So I have like no memories at all. Um, I left there when I was like four, four, Mm. close to five. I was getting close to five years old. Uh, So I was kind of disappointed by that. I think if I go back again in the future, it might be more of like a focus on possibly like connecting or trying to find like birth family type stuff. Um, Mm. But I think because I went back to the orphanage and like saw the place that I came from and had no recollection that I was like, all right, I feel like I checked off this thing on, my life list and i don't need to come back Uh, but there's also like a lot of other areas of china that are really beautiful or new or places to see Uh, in general that's kind of how i feel related to like visiting other countries out of the u.s Um, it's very limited my understanding
1: yeah yeah i don't
0: know um
1: i feel a similar way but like when i was i started um exploring more about my birth culture i felt like I was pretending (laughs) in a way and I felt like um I don't know like I had this feeling that you know people weren't watching me but I felt like people were you know judging me Mm. um just yeah um I'm not sure if that's the best way to explain it but yeah um I'll say when I go back to China um I'm yeah I think I would be really excited to um to just get to know yeah um, the city where I was from, too. Yeah, I think um, just, like, embrace. <laughs> it's a lifelong process. Yeah. Um, and I'll never feel, like, perfect. mm mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, a uh, I mean, as many, I mean, I've spoken with quite a few adoptees, and we all kind of have the same thought. It's like, this is just going to be an ongoing thing that we got to deal with, but... I guess as we get older, it gets to be a little bit easier or sometimes it's still hard because I've um, there's an organization in New York City that's like very international adoptee focus, Um, not just like Asian adoptees like Korean and Chinese. But there's adoptees from like South America or like just all over the world. And and like just hearing us talk to each other about our adoption, it's like, oh, we all have like the same thing, the same things that we struggle with. Uh, but some adoptees of course like korean adoptees specifically yes a lot of them are indeed older than uh, than i think most chinese adoptees i want to say i can't prove that i can't quote that but um even like talking to korean adoptees who are like in their 50s and going getting older uh they say it's like yeah it's just it's sometimes just still very hard every so often like i do think about birth family um There was a Korean adoptee telling me that between, like, being adopted from Korea in, like, the 70s versus the 90s, it was, like, there was just a different change. Like, he's, like, at a point, there was, like, a time when it was, like, birth mothers didn't want, or it was, like, shameful to be a single mother having children in Korea. But before that was, like, war, and I was like, oh, wow. So talk about the just so involved every time i talk to somebody it's like man there's just so much to like uh factor in that relates to people's traumas i think related to it but that's a long way of saying that eh, i don't think we're ever gonna like not be curious or not feel like we just don't quite know where we fit in Mm -hmm. except amongst each other's companies (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah
1: yeah Um, I think especially as a queer person, um, I, yeah, I mean, part of the queer community talking with friends, thinking about adoption, um, yeah, has just also kind of made me just think about it more deeply. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely have, like, a lot of complicated feelings about adoption, but, um, I think, I think I also try to be really empathetic about you know, why people adopt, yeah. um, as well, too, um, and I was, yeah, and then, like, on another topic, I was talking to a Chinese adoptee, and, um, she's not adopted, but her mother was adopted, um, but she still feels, I think, similar feelings about, um, um, you know, as I do as an adoption, as an adoptee, yeah. um, of, like, not knowing so many things, Mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I guess it's, it's interesting to think, for me to think about adoption as intergenerational because adoptees do adopt. Um, and yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I feel like that's a common question we get asked too, is like, do you think you would adopt or do you want to just have your own kids? And then I always come back with like, well, what if I can't have kids? so Mm -hmm. i don't know and it's like um i'll think about it when i when i want to have kids i don't really know um i mean i'm yeah
1: yeah it's it's weird because strangers will ask you that (laughs) i feel
0: like they want to ask like someone else Um, i mean depending on the mood i'm in because i know when i was younger i was a lot more like petty or like immature and i was like well i don't ask you about your personal life like your sexual history why are you asking me about my kids or like what i want for ki- children come on it's very personal uh, but mm-hmm. not present day i'm just like i don't know did you want kids like would you have adopted <laughs> so,
1: mm-hmm. it is personal yeah it's an extremely personal
0: question yeah like, um yeah
1: even
0: um it was, it was like very interesting it's like that's another side story but even just speaking with like Asian Americans to like American born Chinese. Um, That's the play of like what this podcast is off of adopted babies from China. But uh, I was like sitting on the bus going to visit the friend in state college and the individual next to me, I think, I think they go by they, she. So like gender switching. Uh, I'm not sure what the right term is. Like gender, when you switch from like they and she, I forget what that's already called in my head um transgender transgender thank you yeah they she um so i think they they were talking about how it wasn't until they went to college and they're in their first semester like very young this person's very young they're in their first semester right now and didn't understand or didn't know that they were queer until they got to school and then she was asking like or they i guess it would be interchange, but they were asking um, what's something I regretted that I didn't do in college. And I said, connecting to the Asian community, because they actually grew up in New York City, uh, Queens, Flushing specifically, which is a very, I would say, Asian populated area. And they were saying that um, they speak Cantonese, but they never really spoke Mandarin and they're taking Mandarin now. And I was like, whoa, it's kind of like, we share similarities with a lot of like American born Chinese or American born individuals of asian descent ancestry background can't think of the right specific word um but it's just kind of fascinating to talk to somebody who is like a very young 18 i think 18 is pretty young in my mind um and just (laughs) hear that experience because a lot of asian americans i have been speaking to have mostly been probably like our age or older and they've already gone through this process of like yeah i i'm born in the u.s and this and that but I'm like this is where I'm at with my identity. But I was like, "Whoa." Mm. And I just wonder if it's because of this access to all these resources and like archives similar to probably like ones that you're that you have made that people are just able to like connect more with being Asian. I was like, this is so interesting how time just makes stuff happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I um I have been thinking about that recently too, because as you mentioned before, like Chinese adoptees have come and are coming of age too, and so Mm -hmm. like I'm seeing like so many more podcasts like yours and Mm -hmm. um, you know memoirs um, or just creative fiction, like or you know like it popping up in fiction like um, Celestine's Little Fires Everywhere um, about the um yeah about the adoption con, the, um, controversy and so i think that's just really exciting yeah. <laughs> to see like more like so much more like creative work from adoptees that like i just didn't um really know about um or like a breadth of that like was not there um when i was growing up too so yeah, yeah. um yeah like <laughs> I've, I've heard like podcast episodes where they interview like younger um adoptees and they're like they're like so i guess aware of things i, I like didn't really explore until i was much older yeah um, and so like it's yeah it, it's it's exciting to like kind of be in this uh, like legacy of other adoptees and mm-hmm. community um that goes on for a long time
0: yeah because i was like as we're coming I guess coming of age for sure and then it's like um this year I turned 30 and I was like dang 30 years it seems like a very long time which I think it is kind of a long time that's a span of a good amount of time and I was like wow I'm really wondering like kids kids younger people young adults now like in 30 years what is it going to be like for them because they've had all this access and exposure to like social media and resources that I mean, I, I think as we were kids, we just didn't have phones and stuff really in podcasts yet. So, I mean, we did when we got a little bit older, but just like at a very young age, they already have this immediate access to just this whole world. So I'm just like, oh, I I'm very curious to know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, um, there, there are like, I've actually been, um, I've been looking at a lot of old, Adoptee blogs that like, like I felt like blogs like really ex- exploded in like, two thousand five, yeah. two thousand six. There were just like all of these blogs, and so I've been like looking through these blog adoptee archives um, of them, just like, and like, you know, linking to other to other blogs and like pointing others towards like resources in their community. And yeah. now we have, you know, podcasts and Instagram and Facebook groups. But yeah. Um, I, I definitely like want to recognize like <laughs> like early bloggers as like yes foundations for like adoptee connection connecting very adoptees true. connecting with each other yeah very true mm-hmm.
0: yes blogs those initial bloggers uh and then because I think that's the time of like email lists and stuff started to become really big and like being able to yeah there's 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 definitely a few that I think have been around for probably as long as i have of like 30 years or more so it's kind of it's quite it's wild so mm-hmm. it is there it is there this will be really fascinating to see what happens in 30 years yeah, yeah maybe sometimes in 30 years people will be
1: talking about your podcast i, mean, <laughs> I, mean, like, I know that was the first one <laughs> yeah like I was the I first.
0: Uh, at 30 years, I'll be 60. So I will be very happy <laughs> to be ha- alive, and well at 60, <laughs> doing the doing the thing. Um, not sure I'd still be doing this show at that point. Probably by then, future Tara will be. Uh, I, I don't know. Who knows? I'm trying to just do it one day at a time. Present 30 years from now, it's really hard to think about. <laughs> yeah, maybe you'll have like five cats and six
1: dogs. Exactly. <laughs> you know? really-
0: yeah like maybe i won't even have children i'm just gonna have pets because i know how to take care of them <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know if it's just like that time of that time of like reaching i think because 30 is such like a big number or whatever i was like man am i gonna start really thinking about my mortality more i don't know probably not there'll be moments I might just think about it more than usual but I think it'll be all right I think we'll be all right yeah
1: it's too early early to have a
0: midlife crisis yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. I mean just you know having meltdowns it's okay to have meltdowns I think a midlife crisis is like a bigger bigger meltdown and I don't want to do that yet oh yeah (laughs) Um, my melt my one of my meltdowns let me led me to New York so I'm okay with that Yeah. yeah Productive, productive, productive meltdown. meltdown. <laughs> it was like you yeah. finally left and went to New York, and oh my gosh! Well, i was curious. You said you've been in a long-term, long-distance relationship for four years. Yeah, it will be almost four years. It will be four years in May first. I have to, yeah. I have to ask. Okay, if you don't want to answer this, but I'm definitely curious. Like, how have you like made that be so strong and sustainable? Because I was like I recently got out of a relationship and we were like not long distance at all and I was like how do people do this Mm. and then you did long distance you do long distance now
1: yeah um, I think we we talk we talk on the phone together a lot Mm at least once a day at night and then sometimes one of us will call randomly Mm -hmm. um just to like say hi or talk a little bit um and there's like no pressure to pick up but it's like nice when we're both available at random moments
0: yeah um
1: and then sometimes we write letters we we did so more often at the beginning um than we do now and then um uh, (laughs) i don't know um yeah um i was I'm actually a multiple time cancer survivor, and we were dating um, when I was re diagnosed, and they um, they actually stayed with my family and I for about like April to August, um, and I feel like that was like a really hard, um, but it it also I think strengthened our relationship a lot, um, and so yeah, <laughs> I think just like a lot of communication. We both love to cook.
0: And eat, um, yeah. <laughs> Food is great. Letters yeah. are awesome. Letters are, letters are something that I think people forget about. I think those are very nice to like because it's a yeah. tangible thing that you'll have in, like in that moment.
1: Actually, um, we would we haven't in a while, but we used to make little audio things for each other. So like, I would go out to a park um, and like record my experience there, or just like what birds I saw um or like gossip, gossip about what happened during my day and then we would upload them to like a google drive and i would listen to those at night um so i think those can be nice too and it feels like it feels like less work than a letter because you give you, you pretty much have your phone on with you yeah. most of the time so you can just do it whenever um yeah, yeah so those those were nice too and like yeah, I I felt like I could vicariously like live through her when she like went on saw um all these like amazing things outdoors um mm-hmm. and I think vice versa so
0: wow yeah that's a really nice idea the um, voice yeah. memos or voice co- recordings yeah 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 wow damn mm-hmm. well, I hope that you are recovering or because you said re diagnosed so I was like oh no I hope that's you're like recovering from the most recent experience because I can imagine that's like very hard. Every time it happens.
1: Yeah, um, I'm I'm in remission now, and mm. I have been for about a um, year and a half now. Mm. Um, but I was, I was I was first diagnosed in the um, I was about to start my senior year of college when I was diagnosed for the first time and I took a leave of absence for about a year to get treatment yeah. um, and then the second time um was in spring term of my graduate program um and that was yeah that was really yeah. rough um but yeah it's good it's good now yeah um yeah I I think it like it also like has made me like reassess multiple times like what i'm interested in what i want to do and like mm. adoptee like environmental justice is where it's at yeah. <laughs> for me um so yeah i, I don't regret the experience mm-hmm. um or have bitter feelings about it
0: yeah it's like mm. one of those life things that just i mean i guess similar to like being adopted just is like this is something else that's just gonna happen in life and um fun sort of <laughs> uh, yeah yeah in a in a very not cool way but plus life does that to you and then I'm going to round with the last question I always like to ask uh, is there anything you'd like to hear from other adoptees or others who adoption has become a big part of their life mm.
1: hmm. um I want to know what adoptees think about climate change and (laughs) what they think about um, people adopting specifically because they're, you know, worried about toxic futures and don't want to have biological children because they're worried about overpopulation. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to know what people think about that. Um, And I want to know how adoptees are connecting with other people and, the environment like hiking or Mm -hmm. um, bird watching or writing poetry outdoors like i'm just really curious about (laughs) environmentalisms i guess because um a lot of adoptee poetry i've read actually incorporates water in a lot of ways and that's i find that really fascinating and i would i would love to talk to hear more about these about like their creative process
0: Mm. Wow, I feel I should definitely introduce you to Katie. Katie is somebody I talk about and hear quite a bit. Um, part of her memoir experience, or like she, uh, Katie's writing a memoir, but when I first read her memoir, there was like a lot of symbolism with trees, and she mm-hmm. also has a tattoo with like a tree. So I was like, wow. So yeah, it, it is really very prevalent the nature aspect. Uh, and adoption too, like how she identifies. If she wants to share her reading, I feel like it would be a very good set of eyes because of the whole. Um, I think trees are like a big aspect of her memoir, I think. If I remember correctly, it's been a minute since I read her draft. Yeah,
1: I'd love to get her contact information. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Oh, before I forget, what is your. Is Instagram the best way to contact you? What's your Instagram name? Yeah. Instagram is.
1: Um, Plant hand, (laughs) Um, but it's not a professional (laughs) Instagram at all. I love it. Um, I think think you and I are friends. Yeah, I see it. I'll send you like the archive link too. Yeah. Um, So anyone interested can contact me via Instagram
0: or email too. Um, Yes. So it's plant hand with two N's at the end. Yeah, Hannah, of course. Thank you, Hannah. This is this is really cool. I'm glad we could d- dive deeper into stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. It's been really lovely talking with you. it a lot of fun. Uh, I look forward to seeing more about your archive project, and I'll definitely share more about it too. Uh, and yeah, so call out to any adoptees who would like to contribute to the archive. Yeah. <laughs> bye for now I'm sure we'll talk again soon and thank you for listening to ABC adopted babies from China podcast I'm Tara if you would like to share your story or have any questions you can reach me at adopted babies from China pod on Instagram and Facebook and adopted babies from China at gmail.com there's a lot you